Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. James Marshall here reporting for the Portugal Lockdown Podcast. And today I've got a very special guest with me from the other side of the world, all the way from Miami, USA. It is the one, the only, Mr. New York himself, John Keegan. What's up, guys? Great to be here, James. Yes. Thank you. Thank great you. to see you. Oh, great to see you. I was saying earlier that it's that because my um, Mac is a bit fucked and I'm just hearing this kind of crackling version of you coming through, to me it's like you're a war correspondent from like 1942. I'm like, coming in from across <laughs> the Atlantic, we have Mr. John <laughs> Keegan reporting from Miami Beach. I, oh, I'm over here. Things are not so bad, but could be better. Um, <laughs> so we haven't talked in like properly, not since The Great Escape, really, right? That's right. That's really the last time we had a great uh, uh, conversation, right? Right. So I just thought the first thing that we should do, because let's address the elephant in the room or the Madonna on your wall, which is... Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, what is the Madonna on your wall? Well, this is... I'm in the Mondrian Hotel, and uh, after my great escape, I came here, because New York wasn't the place to go, and I only left a beautiful woman and a group of cool people in this amazing island in Thailand. And I left uh, because of the situation, you know, and I just didn't want to get, you know, you guys made a great point, which is you don't want to get trapped there if everything goes bad. Mm -hmm. So I got out of there and uh, I came here and I'm one of the only people in this amazing hotel called the Mondrian because they closed all the hotels and Airbnbs in Miami Beach. But this is a condo unit and I rented it long term. So there's like me and maybe five other people in here who I purposely don't talk to. <laughs> you know, even though they're trying to talk to me, I'm like, I don't know why you're trying to talk to me. Stay 30 feet away. Right. So, uh, but the, but yeah. the thing is, Keegan, because when, when you told me about this situation, my immediate thought was this is a great like Hitchcock movie. It's got yeah. it's five people stuck in a huge luxurious hotel and the staff are still there, right? Because they have to keep the place running. Yeah, they have some staff here, yes. Right, yes. so you've still got the bellboy going around so the bellboy could be in on the murder and you know, got the one, right. one, the one cleaning <laughs> lady, Chiquita, what's she doing? And then you've got you, John Keegan, you know, stuck suddenly in here and then over there there's a man with a monocle and then there's, the, you know, there's like the, the spy or whatever. Like, so you haven't interacted with any of them yet. I interact with the, there's some very pretty women that actually work here at the desk and I do interact with them with the mask on. Whenever I go down there, I have the mask. As soon as I leave this room, I put my glasses on and the mask. And then, but once I go outside, I, I just take it off. But it's just, I just figure who knows who's breathing in the hallway. So, so that's how paranoid I was or how cautious I was. I think now over time we see it's maybe not that. I actually thought when I first got here, like, oh, is it going to come through the air conditioning? Mm-hmm. Is it coming through my toilet? You know, I was reading stuff. <laughs> You're reading online. Is it did some guy fart in the hallway and it's coming <laughs> under the door? I don't know. Is this is this a crazy lady on my wall? Is she is she have if I touch her, am I going to have it? You know, exactly. this kind of stuff. And you yeah, were telling so, me that in this that this is this hotel has a colorful history where recently a, a local governor was found passed out 
with a couple of gay um, rent boys and a bag of meth in the same building. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the guy who lost the governorship by like two votes, you know, it was like the closest governor race in Florida history. And uh, two months later, they found him passed out in one of these rooms in this hotel, you know, incoherent and on meth with two gay, uh, basically escorts, male escorts. That's awesome. Well, I guess he took the, uh, the loss of the governorship pretty, either pretty hard or he was just like, fuck it. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, first he tried to. He's married with kids to a woman, right. and first he tried to deny it, and then he said, "Oh, and then of course he checked himself into rehab." You know? Oh yeah, Something that's like the redemption. That. Yeah, so you can rehab redemption. check. Yeah, rehab redemption. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. So, do you want to just talk? Because you, you 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 glossed over what was quite an exciting story, which is that you were in Copenhagen, Thailand, right? Yeah, Copenhagen. I was there for right. two months. I still can't say it. Copenhagen. Yeah, Copenhagen yeah, Island. And then you were with Shay and his girlfriend and and Dom Dominic. You know, that's his real. That's not yeah. his real. You know, how what we call him. Yeah, our BDSM friend, mentor, and and interesting personality. And Very so, interesting. Ah, oh, anything I, Dominic says is like literally it's like this guy needs to have a staff of writers around him all the time capturing it and make just turn it it would turn into an instant hit series we got to get him out to hollywood yeah exactly every word he says every word he says it's like i mean he doesn't even know he's saying it yeah (laughs) that's how good it is yeah i know you i'm always reeling in oars i'm like dom did you realize he's like no i fucking don't have time for that no the next thing i knew and then he launches into the next one uh, we can't even do it justice because we can't. Really well, we can't do it justice, but just to give the guys an idea. Okay. For example, here, here's a guy who's a BDSM master, right? Mm-hmm. He's a BDSM master who um, women pay, is, yeah, to come to his home and and have them have them do whatever they want to. Unspeakable. Yeah, I mean, h- hardcore shit. Unspeakable, unspeakable. things. And uh, he lives next door to his old parents. <laughs> and, and who, are, who, are of, who are of Mediterranean descent, right? So they're of a particular yeah. type of, you know, you know, they like having the olive trees, and then the mama looks yeah. up the parents, and you know, that of that kind. Yes, and he's very close to them, and they don't know what's going on over there. Why he has so many friends coming in and out. And, but but, but, he's, but yeah. you know that the best bit is that in the evenings at seven pm, no matter what he's doing, you know you're there with him in the middle of his some psychotic rant where he's explaining about how to use an ass hook tied to a pulley system, <clears throat> you know, with a gerbil fucking swinging or whatever. And then he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, hang on, I'll, I'll be back. And he goes and he comes back and there's a plate of lovely Mediterranean food that his mum has cooked for him, and he just sits down <laughs> and, and you know he's like, hey, don't miss that for dinner. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's so they have no idea what goes yeah. on next door. No, we don't. Uh, they, they don't. But yeah, we could keep going. We could, we could talk for three hours about him. But oh, yeah, we'll, he's a we'll character. All right. yeah, I was there with him and some other people, and I met a beautiful woman. I mean, oh. stunning. What, one of, the, of my life. One of, the, one of the best. That's saying a lot. And we're at we're there blossoming. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, when, when yeah. Keegan says this, everyone says this, but I've, I've seen videos of this girl... <laughs> And what the one that he sent me, which was like there was ones of her being gorgeous in other places, but there was this one where once she gotten sent back to her country, which I don't know if I should say, but wherever, which is let's say it's a tough kind of Eastern European country, she then sends you a video of her out of the dutcher, like out of the family kind of farm, tromps out in boots and this kind of like horse lady get up, you know, like a country lady get up, and she has these two fucking curved 
what are those Gurkha knives? These two fucking Gurkha yeah. knives, and there's this <laughs> yeah. hole of, of fucking pine stuck in the ground, and then she just goes to work on it like a ninja and just hacks the shit out of these fucking poles, spinning around, slashing whilst wood chips are like spitting off. It was amazing. It was like 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 what do you call her? Tomb Raider, Lara Croft. Exactly. And I, that's exactly what it was like. And then it's like, uh, and at the same time, she's that's a badass, right? And that's she's sweet, badass. and she's hot, and she's fun, and sexy, and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we were having that, and we both had that. You know, it was, it's a real interesting story. I think in the history of time, you can imagine it's a world war. You know, the world went to war in World War One, and people being torn apart, and yeah. and, the, and all of us were every single one torn apart from what we were doing and there there we were with like the pulse oh, they're gonna lock the country down they're gonna stop planes they're gonna stop it tomorrow not now and then they do and you're like oh my god <laughs> they really fucking they did really it did they stopped block they just blocked the country that's it and you're like every hour it was changing this country this country and it was like we gotta go we exactly. gotta go yeah because yeah. the thing was that me and me and dom were on this very early because we he's deep into the like conspiracy rabbit holes and i'm into the like rationally dissecting those whilst listening to him and bouncing ideas so he and i were ranting and raving backwards and forwards as we saw the storm clouds building we're like hang on a minute where are all our friends and we're like well there's a bunch of them over on an island in thailand and there's you know where are we we're in fucking kiev in ukraine we're like what if stuff starts locking down where do you want to be and we're like "Mm, not ukraine and that's why i got in your case and look and uh Dorm on your case to get the hell out of here. Now, the real question is, are you a bit mad at me because I made you leave Thailand and you could still be there because some of our friends stayed and they're having a great time and you could still be there with your girl having this every day and that's kind of my fault? You know, there was a moment when we were there and it was a bit like Seinfeld. You know, Seinfeld, I was like, or Larry David or something. It was there and it was like, hey, you could be stuck here in paradise with this girl for months. And then I was like, yeah, but maybe I don't want to be stuck. I only know the best. See Yeah, I mean, honestly, it has it has been a hell of an adjustment, especially being alone in a time, you know, being alone somewhere in a time where you can't meet anyone and, and even the people I know here, nobody wants to go out of their house. So it's like, yeah, it was a hell of adjustment because I really was relaxed and in a paradise situation and really enjoying myself. Yeah, and those guys, even though they're on lockdown too, a lockdown there is totally, people are, the vibe there is still high, you know? Right. So I'm sure it could be nice, but I think uh, everything's working out. Everything's working out. Yeah. Well, look, the reality is this thing's not over and, and it's, the, I, I suspect the worst is to come in some wave down the future. So I think there's going to be a lot of more adjustments for all of us uh, as time goes on. And that's what I want to talk about actually, because... Thank you for the catch up. And guys, I hope you enjoyed yeah. just, a, that's just like a little fraction glimmer fractal of a piece or a, of the day in the life of John Keegan. It's uh, it's a great ride, but that brings up an interesting point because I suspect you don't have many regrets. No, I mean, we have regrets about things we should have done or, or like we shouldn't have bought that stupid Bitcoin thing that we did, or we should have sold when it was that, or we should have something or whatever. Yes. But that overall, thing. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, okay, all right. I mean, start. I bought it even after that. Oh, when it went up again, I I always buy at the high. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> even just like seven months ago, I bought it at the high. Keegan's Keegan's buy high, yeah, hold hold. Yeah, buy high hold. and just hold. I don't sell those. Maybe one day, yeah, you know, I'll pay off. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. 
That's one. I think that's if anyone was to ever ask me financial advice, I would say allocate five percent of your net worth to just gambling. And then they're like, "What about crypto?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Put that under the gambling bit." <laughs> yeah, exactly, five percent. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah. The yeah. point is, aside from a, a few fuck ups with, well, a number of fuck ups. I was thinking about this when I was out digging the other day. I was thinking, what makes a good lifestyle? And I thought, is it that you, you know, you don't make mistakes, you don't do these fuck ups, you don't get into messy relationships, you don't get into that business thing that ended up blowing up in your face, you don't travel to some place and then it not work out. And then I thought, no, because. You're going to have to make mistakes and you're going to have to fuck up. So what would be really good is if the mistakes were enjoyable and, in, and interesting and or interesting, right? Mm. Then, yeah. it's, then it's still worth it. Because like when I, when I think back over, I've done lots of dumb things in terms of business or in terms of a friendship or in terms of with women. But even when I had some messy, crazy thing with some psycho chick... I was having a great time. I was banging a hot chick and going on a wild adventure and having a screaming match with this like hot chick when she was 23 and she was like, fuck you. And you're like, yeah, well, fuck you. And I'm like, I get to do this. Cool. You know, but with all the, yeah. sh- with, <laughs> with all the shit that that entailed. Now, obviously if I repeat that same thing over and over and over again, then I just screw my life up. But it's like, I think right. back and I'm like a lot of my mistakes, it doesn't, it's not, I'm saying that I should have done them or a lot of my dead ends were still great adventures. Right. Like, and would you say the same? Cause I, you know, I know your life story pretty well in terms of you yeah. made a lot of mistakes or went down dead ends or had something that you really wanted, but it failed or had, you know, a girl you loved so much, but then she ended up fucking ripping your heart out with a spoon or whatever. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, would you not want that? Like, would you not want to be in that story? <laughs> You're a hundred percent right. And I think that's the, you use the key word. Uh, both of us have great, amazing stories that people, other interesting people, are riveted by, mm-hmm. right? So not just like some bored, per- boring persons like, wow, that's interesting. But people who've lived life are like, wow. Even though the story didn't turn into, hey, look at my Lamborghini and look how rich and look at me, I'm Gary Vee or whatever. You know, it's, it was a life journey. And I know for me, a lot of those stories came from because I wasn't even concerned about uh, worldly success. I, I thought it was assured to me somehow anyway, but it was more, I was more interested in the emotional pursuit or the, uh, I, I always was, especially uh, when I was younger uh, or even now, I would just say I've always been a romantic so I was following the impossible. To me, that's, you know, I wanted to be an actor for a long time. Every romance I had, anytime I really fell in love when I looked back, it was because it was impossible. Not, because <laughs> it was you, something you impossible. The, you needed yeah. the drama to create the theater of your life. Yeah, and to overcome some crazy fucking obstacles. Like when I was uh, 20, I fell in love with a French girl for the four days I was in France. Oh. And then I, then I moved to Paris with no money and no job and don't speak French and no visa, whatever, no way, work papers. And I moved over there and uh, into her apartment, which was the size of a shoebox. And three weeks later, we broke up. And then she left and I stayed in her apartment for the rest of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, heartbroken, heartbroken. You know, but I had her apartment. Right. So, you, so you, that, got, that's, you got yeah. to have that summer yeah. heartbroken yeah. in Paris because you'd met this French girl and she'd broken your heart and then you were the down and out in Paris. 
Right. And I wasn't like Gary Vee at home working at my dad's liquor store 60 hours a week. That wasn't my story. My story was more like I was, which is his story is great, but my story was more like that. I was following uh, my joy, following my bliss, following my emotions, following that, especially when I was in my 20s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, there's definitely, there's a trajectory of time and you've got to think about it like, well, actually you don't have to, people don't, but it's like starting, let's say you, as a man, you start your life in your 20s more or less. And, you know, much earlier, what are you going to do? And if it's much later, well, then you're really being stunted. If, it's, if you're not really becoming independent, moving out of home, you know, fending for yourself, having some something you're doing in your 30s, well, then you, you're fucking things up. And, or if you're able to do it down and out and be a bum musician, graffiti artist who also gets by by fucking selling DVDs at the local construction site or whatever, cool. But it's like, if you haven't figured out a way to manage your life, whether it's on a small level, a hobo level or a boss level, then you're fucking things up. But it's like the twenties and then into the thirties is the time when a man actually should have the luxury to explore, to fuck up, to go on adventures that in a way lead nowhere in the terms they didn't give him a degree or they didn't give him some certain amount of money but they gave him that great love or that adventure where he got ripped off in Mongolia or that time when you know he started that prog rock band that got so far which taught him this thing but then it all fell apart or you know all the other mistakes or wandering pathways that when you're a family man who's who has to work 70 hours a week to pay the bills and the mortgage and keep the wife up and look after the kids and at the same time, keep up with the Joneses and, and keep a stiff upper lip and never show weakness and so on. When you're that guy, you're, not, you're never going to have that time ever again to, to, to be a guy that right. wanders, right? Yeah. And, and really, I think the key word is, is it, it builds character. That's how you build character because you find yourself... And, and you're also like, you know, and, and uh, I don't want to limit people by their age either. Like you should yeah. always go out and be exploring your bliss and your joy and not be confined by. Because I know one thing, I, a voice I often had in my head all my life, even when I was a teenager. Oh, I'm too old to do that. Oh, For yeah. some reason, I was already too late to start. You know, it was always, there's always that idea like, uh, oh, I should have started playing the guitar uh, if I'm 18, let's say, when I was three, like that guy over there who's a genius, you know, and like, oh, well, it's too late for me. It's always too late. I don't think it's ever too late for you for us to follow and get, and just start getting into something that we want to get into and, and not think about the outcome. It's only when we think about outcomes and comparing ourselves that we stop living life. Right. All those things uh, build character and, and they make you who you are and adversity makes you who you are, like, you know, like. The years that I lived in a hoarder's lair, you know, like we talked about before, you know, oh, like the years that, that I lived, lived in rotting yeah. group houses and with, in tiny shoebox with a psycho girlfriend and with a band out in out in the suburbs in someone's garage trying to make it in the city to living in it in multiple Airbnbs all around Europe constantly on the road. Jesus, what fun we had. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. I mean, what amazing times. Like we were talking before the call, we were talking, uh, we were talking about, uh, the Serbia days, you know, the Belgrade days, days the, of early, yeah. the early twenty teens. <sighs> so beautiful, really. I mean, now you look back because there's space, and that's the thing about it is, is when you're in something, you just don't. Oh, you don't just say, "Oh, next year it's gonna." You know, we all have plans and dreams and goals, but it was we were living something awesome 
at that moment. And it wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to get somewhere else. It was like, <laughs> exactly. I can't wait for the next one. I can't wait for next year. I can't wait to come back. But it, it, it ran its due course that, you know, and uh, other things we're working on will too, and they'll evolve into something. And they just, we just keep evolving. But it's, uh, when you really look back, it was like a beautiful time. And then also from where we were in our own way of seeing the world and what we wanted to experience. And we wanted to experience the women there. We wanted to experience the culture there. We wanted to get to know people. We wanted to, to make friends there. We wanted to dance on a table like and drink kings. rock. Dance yeah. on a table, yeah. drink rock here and have a trumpet band going. Da, 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 and with the Serbs going, hey, you guys aren't faggots after all. Okay. Yeah, like, yes, yeah, I can't yeah. believe I was there. I was there at that time. That's right. Oh, and, and it was like we were in the Soviet Union. It wasn't anymore, but it looked like it, right? Mm. That's what it felt like. And we got to be experienced that. But it, also, like, the, it's actually the crossing point of, you know, where you've got ex-Yugoslav communism mixing in with capitalism, mixing in with fucking Eurocentric stuff, mixing in with American fucking hip-hop. Like, these, those were those, those first points where all these memes would be hitting, right? And we were, we, yes. were, we were and are often at the forefront of where that's happening in the world. You know, in terms of how, yes. we, how we've designed our lives, right? Because this is something that you yeah. and I, I think more than most people, and there's, there's only a few of us that I know that live like this. And of course, like whenever I'm talking about this, I'm, I, I realize not everyone's going to be a, a traveling dating coach. Not everyone's going to be a traveling digital entrepreneur. It's not like we're advocating this one tiny niche lifestyle where, you know, you, you get to move from apartment to house to whatever and live these cool lives right like that's a choice that of, of a type of work that we've chosen we're also there's luck involved you know there's a whole lots of things that meant that we got to do this and not somebody else but the the principles that we've used are applicable to people because i i always i used to bang on about this before corona so much you know how guys take advantage of the fact that the world is a global village you know take advantage of the fact that especially if you're in europe you can pop over to another European country, especially if you're in America, you can, you can get down to South America, not too hard, or, you know, go to, go to New York or go to a cool city. You know, it's like once you have a basic level of, you can pay your rent and you can pay for cheap flights and you can stay in whatever level you can afford. And you've got your wits and your charm about you, just like you rolled over to Paris with no money in your pocket just your balls in your hand and, and the love of a woman and you were going to make it work and it didn't fucking work, but it fell into a funny something and you'd made it sort of work and then you went home. You know, the same when I went right. to India when I was 18, ended up getting kidnapped by jewel smugglers, went on this insane adventure where I you know, got deeply involved in the Indian mafia whilst getting ripped off and jerked around whilst having a cool time getting smoking opium and going to parties and helping them ensnare other people into their trap and all this other wild shit that ended up costing me all my money was one of the greatest stories of my life. At 18 years old, I was in India doing that, you know, as opposed wow. to what you would be told you should be doing at that age or at 21 or at 24 or 28 is that you should be on track to probably avoid as much adventure as possible, really. And just, and yeah. go, I mean, okay. Or have it in certain doses. That's four weeks a year or whatever it is, but it's like that vagabonding, that down and outing, that like being, a, a, a traveler, an adventurer, even it doesn't have to be all over the world. It might just be in your own city even better, but, but seeing that there is the option at this time and place in history, or there was up until very recently is a, is an incredible privilege and gift. And why don't more people do it? Because it does, it builds character, it builds fucking amazing experiences, memories. Like I don't have regrets. I have regrets of some things I did 
Yes. However, of course. Interesting. Go on. Lawsuit still pending. No, let's be cautious in 16 states. Okay. Okay, let me just take a. Your Honor, sorry, I didn't quite get the. I didn't quite hear the question. Okay, can you call me back? Yeah. Uh, but I have no, I have no like grand regrets of life. Like I don't go look back on a period in my life and go, oh, fuck that. Like three years when I hated myself doing that with, or like when I was with that chick, I fucking didn't even want, couldn't get it up with for four years. You know, that kind of regret. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. I've definitely had that. Not that yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not getting it up there. It's interesting. It wasn't an age thing, but not getting it up. That was like, that was a stressful oh, thing. Yeah. Was, like, oh, oh yeah. I remember those early days. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know how to, your body was, why is my body not working? What's yeah, going on? Yeah. You know, I mean, I met, oh, the stench that was coming out of my arm. <laughs> <laughs> The smell of failure, you know, coming out. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I'm not rich. I don't have anything. Now my cock's not working. Oh, it's like a horrible, a horrible moment in time. The girls just there, like, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Oh no. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, this boy. <laughs> wow. Okay, are you okay? Oh. No. Mm, okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, so that was it. See you. Okay. <laughs> Talk about building character, you know. Yeah. Listen, guys. That's uh, yeah. just a word out there. That's part of learning how to fuck is, is you're going to have something like that level of awkwardness to deal with at some point. So you may as well get it done yeah. as soon as you can. That's my advice. Yeah. You know? Go out now and don't let your penis work. Yeah, well, it's just like, you know, yes, you don't avoid getting good at sex because it's awkward. Yes, it is. And it, and, and it mm. pretty quickly becomes fucking fun and eventually gets to the point where it's second nature and it's always fun. Except for the few times where it's, where it's awful because of some other weird thing that happened because that chick had some weird thing and then you come back and you and then you tell an interesting story to john keegan about it and then you go off and have excellent sex forever so getting good at sex also, through communication you a great longer. lover yes and you become make you're one of the world's great lovers i feel like i'm a great lover too and i'm always learning like that's the thing like never stop learning you know like mm. i definitely like like say for example like the, those couple experiences i had where all of a sudden my you know my, the main the that jackhammer didn't work it was like i had to learn how to use a screwdriver you know what i'm right. saying i had to start learning how to be a lover besides just a guy who comes in and you know and, and just whips it out you know so you you, you learn and it's you know it's a, a non-stop uh process right we, you, you were spending you, know? you were spending time yeah. with uh, with Dom on the island recently, and so like you're aware of the Australian uh, BDSM uh, tradition, aren't you? Yes, because I have lived with you in uh, many apartments around the world, including my old Lower East Side apartment, where the, where the walls are paper thin, mm. and there's something uh, called the Australian ass slap. And it's, uh, you know, at one time you were in one room, it's a three bedroom. I was in my little room, like an old man trying to sleep underneath my, underneath my sheets, you know, with earplugs in. And then, uh, Liam was in another room and, and then this was just basically what it was like, and it's not just like that one slap for good measure. It was like, you know, it's like 20, 30 minutes of slapping back and forth and, and very joyous moments, very excited about it. You know, I'm like, really? That she She's very happy, you know, and then loving you. And uh, so I'm familiar with that, uh, mm-hmm. th- that. And now I'm also familiar with much more. Right. Yes. Was there any, more, was yes. there any one thing that you, that uh, Dom passed on to you on the island of Koh Yang that, that kind of set things to a new level? 
Yeah, or just something interesting, or just something sick. You know, he always has something nasty. Well, no, he because he, he was uh, he gave a demonstration with a live girl to uh, the guys we were coaching because that was just you know it was a very the course wasn't just all about uh, sex, but that was just that was obviously one of the and it wasn't all the dumb teachers, but it was one of the aspects that that he was working on. And he brought this girl in who was not a girl that he normally works with, and she completely loved it. First of all, what he did. Uh, but what I got, what I really uh, saw from it was, is, you know, it's really, you're, it's just, you know, another level of creating this amazing beauty, like, even though it's like sounds scary, BDSM, it's just, a, you're creating an experience for yourself, right, of course, but you're creating it for her, and for her, it was exciting, and for her, it's unique, and for her, like Dom always says, he says, uh, can we use a little bit of his personal life? Oh, oh yeah, so he yeah, basically yeah, just said, yeah, he, he said, uh, I worked in, he, he worked as a musician in a, a gay nightclub for DJ, many years. A DJ. A DJ, yeah, for, for many years in a gay nightclub, the top gay nightclub in Australia. And he said, uh, not once did any of the gay guys hit on him. That's how <laughs> ugly he is. <laughs> He's that ugly. He, said that, he says, and he says, women... They don't like this, but now they come. Now they come to him and they pay him and and they want to be with him because he creates an amazing experience for them, a unique experience. And I was like, wow. Now I'm not saying I'm Brad Pitt, but I, I've been good at looking enough and just uh, and what I know about me is, is I'm good looking enough. I'm talented enough at certain things that I didn't really have to think about all this stuff. So I didn't. You know, I'm a natural at some things, you know, and some things I had to work like hell at. But then it was like, oh, well, wait a minute. There's so much more to this, so much more to explore. So I have been. And, and then what I really, one of the things I got from him besides that, which is really something to think about, which is big, creating an experience for her. But also he really, besides, okay, like the slapping and the tying and the caning and the choking and the spitting, and, and the, the hooking, <laughs> and the whipping, and the flogging, and the, the, and the, and the waxings, yeah. and the screams, and the name calling, uh, and the uh, many suffering <laughs> she went through all through yeah. the night. <laughs> Which yes. she loved every minute of. Which she seemed yeah, to love yeah, every fucking minute. Yeah. We don't cry yeah. to understand. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but one thing he really did was his. And, and this was just something I added immediately into the, to my new lover with her, which was is really when he took her to the edge, and there's a lot of ways to go to the edge in sex, you know, when you go to that edge with somebody and their body is quivering and they are coming and they can't take it anymore. And it's so, and they've gone to the other side. It's like, then just get in there and hold them tight as hell. Like just hold them. And I'm here with you. I'm here with you and just be there with them. And it's like, we're, we're in this together. I'm not doing this to you. I'm in this with you. And that BDSM, this dominant and submissive relationship and that very clearly defined relationship, it's very obvious, like someone's doing something and the other's receiving in a way. But really, it's an experience we're having together. And that's what I found. So you can put that in any kind of lovemaking you want. And that's what's something I took out of that. Absolutely, yeah. When I first went into the kink scene with Dom, because I wasn't really into the whole like chains and leather and, and dungeons 
look you know you know that's not my style you know yeah. you know my style yeah so but anyway i did go in and i hung out and went to a few parties and what i learned a lot about that exchange about those levels of yeah that the the, the if the dom was good because i saw some funny things where the dom wasn't good he was technically good so i'd see demos where the guy's doing the flogging or the spanking or whatever and he's got the technique right and so it's giving the impact on the girl she gets the sensation she likes or whatever but he was doing it like he was spotting someone in the gym Right, it was just like they're just kind of flogging away, like oh yeah, I'm just doing, giving 20, 20 strokes, uh, no passion, no, no like exchange, yeah, and, right. and then then you've got this girl there just taking it, going oh yeah, give me another one, just like they're just servicing each other, just like I like to beat people and you like to be beaten for some reason. She's like yeah, give it to me. So that's yeah, to, that, right. that's not very yes. sexy to me. So, but like, and I also the guy may may not have any real confidence or anything. He's just playing the role. He doesn't mm-hmm. have. It's he has like no substance. Yeah, exactly because, yeah, being a being a good dominant is so much more than the tools and the techniques. Like or like any mastery, right? It's principles internally, and um, mm. maybe we can start talking about that because we were talking earlier when we were chatting previous to the call about there's a lot of pressure on people right now with this kind of like hustle culture uh you know anyone who's trying to figure out what to do with their time right now because there'll be some people who are just doing either they're just trying to survive so they've got to look after kids and they're working a bit and they're you know feeding people and just getting through the day and then you've got people who are just going to be binging on whatever they're just sitting and wasting time and that's fine okay they do that and then you've got people who are doing a bit of that but feeling guilty about it and thinking that they should be really doing a whole bunch of other stuff and then to those people you've got a whole bunch of hustle monsters telling them that they've got to optimize everything do fucking the greatest workouts and start an online business and get your tinder profile optimized and don't waste a second because otherwise coming out of this is what did you say there's gonna be two camps of people whatever that is uh yeah, yeah. Well, that that was that was in, yeah. Someone said uh, one of the guys I was watching for inspiration because I like to fill up my inspiration bucket as much as I can was uh, was saying yeah. There's going to be two camps, and he's like super bodybuilder, but which I don't care about. But he, it, that was one of his things, and he's got that mindset. There's going to be two camps: the Netflix camp, and then the guys who emerge from this, you know, you know, as you know, who they want to be. Which he's is gotta, he's got to have a better it, name, but he's got to have like Netflix chodes. And the bro codes yeah. or something. Where yeah, just, something yeah. like that. I guess I missed the... He, he didn't nail it. He didn't give me that name. But basically, there is going to be somebody who just kind of devolved into uh, complete uh, sloth and apathy. And then someone who says, all right, hey, I can work out. I can do this. I can do that. I felt like he was missing some uh, some humanity in there. But, he, um, but, you know, yeah. But what were you saying? You had a point. Well, that was the point. I was like, let's yeah. talk a bit about the humanity. Because... Mm. You know, humans aren't just optimizing. They're not just productivity machines. And that's right. and, and, and tied in with that is a whole lot of weird mindsets, actually. Like, if you are only a productivity machine, what, what, what's it, what do you produce? Like, you just produce work. You just produce, you know, useless stuff or you just produce muscle. or you, Like, what, what are you producing? As opposed to what kind of human are you being? And that, that's going to include, obviously, your work, right? Your labor is a big part of humanness and your passion and, and sometimes your work and your passion are different. Sometimes they're the same thing if you're lucky. Um, but at the same time, we have an inner world. We have uh, not just the external adventures we go on, but also the internal interpretations of them, the internal adventures we go on, the the love stories, the philosophical wanderings, the sorrows, the you know wondering about the meanings of life, the anxieties, the dreams and, and you know, secrets. Like, 
you know, the emotions, the stillness, right? So the need for human contact in all sorts of ways, the, the wanting to get humans away from you in other ways, this, the inner Freudian psychology, you know, there's all this other shit going on in being a human that has nothing to do with what job you do and how fast you do it, right? Right. And how many Lambos you have and how all many that kind Lambo. of stuff. Right. right. Yeah. And I think this is an important thing. You and I both have achieved certain uh, great, great things in our lives and breakthroughs and uh, been able to share them with others. And it's amazing. But at the same time, speaking for myself, uh, and, uh, is, is that there, you know, obviously there are struggles in life. There's struggles for motivation, for routine, for, you know, uh, when you work for yourself and you're your own motivator, there's struggles for in so many, in daily life, not let alone pandemic life, you know, daily life, there's that, okay, and there's those struggles to get the momentum, make things happen. And a lot of times I can even say any success I've had is usually because I got obsessed with something in that time period and then I burned a hole in the sky. But generally I'm fairly lazy. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't lazy, but uh, no, like I I'm just laying around. But I'm just like I'm not like super disciplined. I don't have every 15 minutes scheduled out in my book. It doesn't make me happy. But and that's what you're saying. I, and I just to kind of add a, a deeper level to this is when I was uh, younger, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to. I wanted. I, and I used to listen to the Beatles. Uh, I used to lay in my room and listen to the Beatles over and over and over and over. Oh, and and then I and I just and and I would just listen, and but I know why. I listened because somehow they did something. Not besides the fact it was amazing music, but it was something about them that they did the impossible. They figured out a way to live forever. And I was like, I want to live forever. That's all I ever wanted to do. Even when I was a little kid, I, never, I just wanted to live forever. I just never wanted to get old and I wanted to live forever. And my mom used to say, why would you want to do that? You're going to get old. And I said, what if you could stay young and beautiful? Don't you just want to be here forever? And she said, no. And I was like, well, you're crazy. Yeah, she left. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, what the point is, is I would listen over and over because I wanted that, that, you know, that to live forever. And that's the ego. He wants to live forever. And, um, what, and then when I wanted to be an actor, the whole idea was is the word gambit. You sacrifice for long-term game. There was a lot of sacrifices, you know. And I watched, like, I had a college roommate who said to me, like many people said, oh, don't be an actor. You're wasting your life. Don't do that. Why would you do that? I can get you a job on Wall Street. Oh, and, uh, oh, yeah. No, John, he went, on yeah. Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. yeah that, and, and imagine, I, a, I, I almost went into the army. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. I, I went into the army and you went to Wall Street. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yes, I know, I know. I almost went in the army too. Uh, that was my dad's answer for everything. But uh, yeah, it was like whatever you, you. Hey, dad, can I have a dollar? Join the navy. <laughs> I forgot. You know. All right, fuck it. But what I, I used to think like it doesn't matter if I'm suffering. I'm, it doesn't matter if this day sucks. It doesn't matter because in the future they'll be. I'll be. You know, they'll all have this greatness happen and I'll be happy in that future when I'm everybody knows me or uh, when I've achieved something and everyone says, you're amazing. <sighs> you know, I walk down the street and they say, you're the best. And uh, girls kind of, and I'm over here hiding behind a tree and girls are tearing my clothes off. You know, that dream that we would have. And and um, the, I guess what the, the point is, is that at one point, I realized even Marlon Brando, who I used to idolize, or John Lennon, even though I can watch them and I can be, 
have the joy of listening to them or seeing them or being inspired by them as I live and breathe. They don't have that joy uh, anymore when I'm listening. They aren't inspired as I'm watching. They're gone. They had their time. And I hope they enjoyed every second of it. Oh, and, yeah. and that's yes, what I did. started. Yeah, I hope I think they did, actually. And I'm sure it was amazing, and I would love to stand in their shoes and see how it feels. But what I realize is, is I want to be enjoying my life now, not in the future. And that's something I work on every day is, is whatever the ex- experiences, whatever the circumstances. I'm not saying I'm, all, I'm not zenned out and blissed out all day, but I'm definitely in the now more than most people and more than I ever was. And, 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 it's, and it's not all day every day either, but that's something I let go of. And then sometimes I have to be like, well, you know what? I do want to create a legacy and actually motivate myself to do more. But I don't have that need like I need uh, to be famous. I don't have that need like in the future I'll be me. Even though there's always a guy who who wants to be more ripped, have more money, have more success. There's always that guy in the background. In the foreground, there's a more relaxed, chill person who really is, uh, main focus is being here now and enjoying life. Yeah, and because that that's the definition of cool, really, is like you can be a man of any age or of any demographic you can be down and out at 21 with nothing to show for it, but but girls can like hanging out with you because you're, you're more or less okay with being yourself and there's good stuff about you even if you're not finished, even if you will become great in 10 years in a way that now you're not. If you're a man of your age, as in you were present, you were trying to suck joy out of what was around you at the time and you were trying to share it with people as well. Yeah, you had dreams and you had things you were working on, but maybe you were in a period where that just wasn't happening and you were totally... It, it didn't look like it was going to happen and maybe it never will, right? Like the thing is most of us don't make it in the, what is that? The fucking, you know, Scarface, top of the pops, A-list sense, right? Right. Like very few people make it that far, but there's plenty of people who do get there and are miserable and there's plenty of people who don't get there and get all sorts of other places and are, and are actually happy because they cultivate, as you were talking about, like, cultivating things that make you feel good and that that's something you've talked about i know many times over the years that's kind of like a practice for you right like in a way it's like gratitude for things that you've got around you experiences that you're having that you're enjoying being you like i've heard you talk about it in those terms like what and i know like both you and i don't have daily routines like let's be honest yeah, like, right. Let's get like, <laughs> let's get real, man. Like, yeah, let's we get, have a go with the flow routine. Yeah, yeah we have routine we, of going we, with the flow. Yeah, yeah we have yeah. never gotten off the flow, and that's a routine. So yeah, that's right, and it's an art. Yeah, it's an art, and so and sometimes we yeah. fall in and get smashed around by the rocks for a bit, and sometimes we just chill on the beach, beach for a while, and then people are like, "Are you guys going to get back in the flow?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, cool." Uh, but however so the thing is when people ask me what's your morning routine I'm like don't ask me I barely get up in the morning and sometimes I do everything differently but I do have a bunch of things that I usually do like I've always stretched not every day not for an hour a day but almost every day of my life I've done a bit of stretching and many days of my life I've done quite a bit of stretching and quite a few days of my life I did a heap of stretching so that's always been something that I've done I remain flexible it's always, you know, it's part of the way I use my body. I'm aware of my body every day. I can feel when there's tension somewhere, I'll just do like a little micro stretch on my neck and my shoulders, whatever it needs. Like I will take that tool with me through till I die. Even though I've never had a routine where I get up at eight and do stretching from eight to eight twenty. never. Except when I was in Shaolin Temple and the monks forced me to do it. 
you know? Mm. So it's like, what is it? Like, what do you think that, because you have those, some of those things too, right? Things that you will always do, even though you're a bit lazy and you're, and you're not good at, you know, scheduling everything, you still do things that have a good accumulative effect for you. Yeah, I mean, and stretching is one of mine as well. I mean, I've always been very flexible. I've always loved stretching. I feel good when I stretch. Some people have to like do hardcore working out. I have to stretch and then I feel, so in one form or another, very disciplined. Like now I have, I've been very disciplined for years now with some yoga. Once in a while, of course, we fall off or whatever, but, but generally I'm on the, I'm, I have a nice morning routine of yoga. So that's those, the, those, that's been great. And then sometimes I get really hardcore into it. So but hang on, but hang sometimes, on. It's because, just a light stretch. But, but the thing yeah. is, because I know you don't, like me, you don't get up at 8.45 every, every day because you no, don't have to be at no. the office, right? No. So, no. Because no. how do you, because I, I think a lot of the time people only have a routine because it's structured in, because they know they have to be at work at 8 or 9 and they know they finish at whatever, 5, 6, 7, whenever, and they only have one hour to like stay fit. So they, they get a personal trainer and that forces them to do that. You know, and then that routine is created for them and maybe it works for them and maybe they, they just, that just works as a good machine. But when you're in a situation like you or me or anyone who's like either doesn't pay someone to discipline them or has to discipline themselves or would like to learn how to have a more free form type of discipline. Like what happens when someday you get up at seven, someday you get up at nine, someday you get up at 11, someday you're in Prague, someday you're in New York, you know, someday there's a girl in the bed, some days there's not. You know, how is it that you still maintain a a sense of routine, even though much of your life is not routine? Yeah, that's a great point. Well, one thing about physical fitness and eating and diet and all that stuff, it's like it goes to something deeper of I want to feel good. So it's like I feel bad if I eat bad for me. You know, you know me, I'm very sensitive with food. If I eat the wrong food, it's just, I don't feel good. Uh, So, so that's it. Pleasure and pain. Same thing if I don't stretch and I don't do that, I don't feel good. Generally, sometimes I get away with it for a week or two, nothing. Hey, I feel great. And then all of a sudden my back hurts, you know? So it's like having lived, I, it's about feeling good. How am I going to feel best today? How am I going to optimize today? So I don't always think like that, but that's what it is. You know, I, how am I going to feel good? So when I get, and it is important, and, and sometimes it's a struggle and sometimes it's easy, but it is important to have these little routines, whether I did it at nine in the morning or three in the afternoon, right. to, ha- to keep the body limber and keep myself moving. So it's just about feeling good so that I can experience life fuller. So, so that's really it. Yeah, yeah, and for a lot of guys that I've worked with over the years, they don't know that they feel bad. Right. That's the, the first problem is because the, the reason you're not sensitive because you've got a weird body, it's because you've learned to become sensitive by actually testing what think foods do to you and then actually being able to feel and read your body and go, oh, OK, when I eat that, it gives me makes me bloated or that makes me feel tired or whatever. Whereas right. someone who's got layers upon layers of thing of unawareness or calcification or numbness, let's say because they've always just only eaten processed sugars and, you know, some extreme level where they just live on processed stuff. And so the body does like we would, I remember we talked about that once where we're like, remember the shit you used to get fed as a kid, like white bread and fucking sprinkles and fucking cocoa pops and just milk that was pasteurized. And- How? powdered milk powdered milk yeah <laughs> like yeah. and and my yeah. and actually my mum was like actually still had some fresh veggies and meat and stuff as well so that's better than a lot of kids yeah. who just like literally have yeah, hamburgers right. and shit but it's amazing that these machines you can just feed them junk for about 
I don't know, some, you know, sometimes 10, 20 years and they'll, and they'll get away with it as long as you fix your shit later. Right. It's true. I mean, I actually heard once uh, 44. Someone told me that once. And that's what I said. I don't want to be this. They said on the average human can go 44 years eating the way people eat like shit and drinking and all that. And that's why you'll see a lot of people in their 30s. They look good in their early 40s. And then they hit their mid 40s and they fall apart. It's not because that's what happens meant to happen to you then that's because your their bodies is so polluted and so shutting down from right. just years of abuse regular standard abuse that people fall apart that's amazing yeah. actually that's a good way to look at it. like this is a robust fucking awesome adaptive machine you can feed it premium and you can feed it trash and it'll still work for about 44 years if you feed yeah, it right. if you feed it and and treat not just food right like treat it well give it love you know it's got to have a whole lot of things, right? Because you can eat extremely right. well, but be a, but have awful, be an awful human being, and then end up shooting yourself because no one likes you. You know, right? That's true, and and look very pretty. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. and yeah. and you can also be a guy who does like live, uh, eats badly, but also has a lot of other good things in his life, like family and and you know other shit, and he gets away with it and lives to seventy or eighty anyway. But overall, right. what we're looking at is that on average, the machine you're given, depending on how good or resilient your genes are or whatever you can you can squeeze out 40-ish years of of just decimating it or you can probably get 80 years of of really awesome life not just like health but Mm. experience of being feeling good inside the body right that's the thing for you is you know longevity you don't want to live a long time and feel shit Right. No, right. I want to feel great every, as much as I can, uh, almost every moment. Yeah, I want to feel like I'm here and experiencing it. And, and just think, talking about uh, aging or getting older, time passing, I definitely feel like I experienced life way better than I ever did. I feel way better than I ever did. So in that sense of uh, time or getting older, I feel like I am getting better. And that's, you know, it's a good, healthy, positive mindset, but generally I do, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's certain things I don't want to do anymore. And there's certain things maybe uh, that I'm so glad I did it when I did it. And so that's why, you know, be adventurous, follow it. And, And you know what? Like, let's just look at our current situation. I'm so glad and grateful to you. Uh, that we had these amazing adventures around the fucking Fucking world and now all of a sudden you can't go anywhere you can't even leave your house so it's like and hopefully it opens back up and we can but i don't we don't know nobody knows what's next and it's like damn did you miss all that Mm -hmm. did i say oh i'm gonna do that you know when i save this i'm gonna do that when i make my first million i'm gonna do that when i uh you know when i get this when i'm gonna do that when then i'm gonna do that then no, thank God. And I and there was always a part of my brain saying, no, I'll do that then. Oh, yeah. But luckily, life kept calling in the form of James Marshall. Hey, you want to come to Prague? <laughs> uh, uh, like, and I answered. I said, yeah, let's go. Let's go now. You know what I mean? Because in my brain, there was, there was always another story, another way to write it, another thing that should be happening. Going with it and, and getting to have experience so much, you know, and I'm hoping that we get to experience unbelievable things yet to come around the world and move freely about as we have, you know. But that's the thing about oh. following your bliss now, you know. Good times. Yeah. It's yeah. important to have had a bunch of really good times. That is an important thing. Now, Liz, but uh, I was I was having a chat with Zan Perion about this, and we, we we got into this similar rant, like talk about you know we don't regret shit. We had a great time, the experiences, and I was like, 
we're memory flexing on people where we're just like, yeah, your memories were shit. But the thing to take out of that is like, and I've always warned that on stage talking about, you know, there may, this is a great time for doing this. There may be a time when it doesn't happen again. You know, things change in history. Things that were easy become hard. Things that were there become gone. People that were, you know, civilizations suddenly are not there. That happens. It's happened before. It'll happen again. Now, I don't, I'm not a doomsday at this point. I am probably in like the long term, but like in our lifetime, I think we'll, it'll mm. still be, we'll still, we'll get to the end of it. <laughs> I think we timed it about yeah. right, Keegan. Um, yeah, I think yeah. we came right at the right, th- we came right, we're, it was like that quote from Jim Morrison, I'm going to be here, I'm going to get my, get my kicks, kicks while the whole shit, shit house goes down. Yeah, right. we came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and we did it with class and we didn't, we didn't contribute nearly as much as it, most people to destroying the place. You know, we didn't produce plastic. We didn't make anything made of plastic, although we used a lot of it, you know, so we've certainly had our, had our impact, but we tried to do good. Right. Uh, we had a yeah. good time along the way and people tried to help cool people. Shit. Yeah. 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 That's true. I mean, yeah, we're definitely, uh, and, we, and, and something we both do, which is, is uh, something beautiful. And it doesn't have to be everybody's story, but I think we, you come from an artistic background. I do. We have that kind of art. We have an art, not kind of, we have, we're artistic souls. And um, we created something from ourselves to share with others. So that's been, and, and people received it and, and, and receive it. So it's that, like that, that I always feel great about, you know. I think I've been thinking about that a lot as I've been gardening for the first time in my life and I'm really into it, like really weirdly into it, like maybe obsessively into it and, you know, it's kind of very out of character for me in in this way. But as I've been thinking what I love about it, it's that I am producing something, like something is growing and appearing out of nothing. And what you just talked about is is also what, what made our work to us feel really interesting over the work over the years was when you were an actor, I was a musician. And then when we moved into dating and seduction and all that, we were creating things internally or we were channeling things or we were fusing things and, and going through the creative and pro- producing something that was of benefit to, the, to mankind, right? Benefit to, benefit to our clients, benefit to the girls, benefits to the audience, benefit to our friends and family and so on. And I think that is like a core human need in order to, you don't need it to survive because people can be cunts to each other and still survive. But you need it to like feel feel really good about yourself. You actually do need to create senses of tribes. And in previous generations and times, that was just created for you by your school or by your community or by your family in your village. And, you know, that was it. You lived within that. And so you had a place. You made sense. You had the tribal links. Maybe you had a ship family. Maybe you had a good one. And then and you lived your life. Whereas we've lived these odd lives where we have splintered out across the globe, created our own are actually our own tribal units and you know forged these bonds and collaborated to actually make all of both of us benefit or all of us benefit sometimes one's leading sometimes one's following sometimes one's assisting sometimes one's um, the pioneer or whatever but in that way we've actually made these global interconnected tribes that form reform adjust and, and move around the world that's how we facilitated not going insane whilst living like an insane physical movement around the world existence while still maintaining a lot or the most important parts of the tribal support unit. And, 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 you know, coming back, one of the things just to say that the reason that occurred for us is that, uh, well, we're both good guys. And also you're really great at uh, managing personalities more than anybody I know. 
Isn't that interesting? Uh, because you have a, a lot of uh, basically, I don't like the word alpha, but you have a lot of unique individuals who all have their own thing to offer in your sphere at all times. Right. Right. You, and uh, you know, they're all stars. You have a house of stars you're living with. Uh, you're talking to a star, right? Exactly. Uh, you're, you know, but, but there's all these, and there's also these big personalities, these uh, unique energies, these uh, very unique a lot of times, and uh, some of them quite frankly, extremely unique. unique. Uh, <laughs> yeah. a medically hard to figure out how it happened. Unique. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wackos and jackos. That's right. Said, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, no, but but it's amazing. So I've learned that over the years to uh, be better at that myself you know to, to be but hang on you didn't you didn't finish your compliment you said i have all these wackos in my life but what do you mean by managing yeah but but what i'm saying you're, you're really good at allowing them to be them allowing them to flourish not getting uh in fights with them and ruining your relationships and uh letting i'm mean, people flourish like liam's been you guys been rolling together for a decade or so right yeah. so i mean that's amazing and that's you know a whole Same lot with of Shay. for Alex, how yeah, many years have you done now? Yeah. In TNL? Six. Six. Alex has already been six. in for six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a very special thing. Oh, no, we have to this buy him a like, watch when he turns. This is better than any like, 90% of rock stars. Sorry, what? I mean, you're like a Rolling Stones over there. Right. I mean, most rock bands go three years, you know? That's true. So that's what, if you really think about that. So, but there's, so that's a, something to really share. I think you could share on a deeper level, like on a more uh, tutorial level at one point. You know, how is that possible? Because obviously it's part of your personality, but it's also something that's a gift. Yeah. Uh, and there's also a set of skills that goes with that. You know, so uh, I'm always interested. I learn from watching. Are you, you, know, seg are you segueing to me doing my sales pitch because you know I'm selling a product? Oh, are you? You didn't know that? That was, <laughs> no, such, no, a, that no. was such a slick yeah. segue because you're like, maybe you should oh, put together yeah. a program sometime. And I'm like, did Alex talk to you about like seeding this as like he's a shill for the team? No, I was like, no. you know, that's the kind of thing that I would imagine you should get on the market have you ever thought funny about you should being that. a dating coach it's funny you should say that john i was actually just working on a product just like that uh so as john mentioned before there is definitely a system that i use when it comes to constructing this seemingly chaotic life but one that actually yields a high level of dividends in terms of women uh networks lots of fun enjoying myself adventures passion money opportunities and you and I and a bunch of other guys we know have constructed lives like that. And you've, I guess you've noticed over the years that I've been able to kind of multiply those effects by not just doing it alone, but by pulling in collaborators, by linking up with other groups around the world and then starting to get these multiplying effects, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but by first of all, uh, attracting and allowing uh, certain people, really talented people to come into your life and then allowing them to be themselves and then become part of the cause and, 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 and helping them build their amazing lives and the amazing lifestyle they have. And even though, you know, the natural lifestyles is, you know, founded by you and you are the head of it, each and every one of the guys in your crew is equally uh, a member of it. It has so much uniqueness to offer. That's not what you, you know, not necessarily you have to offer, right. but they right. have to offer it. And you allow them to be that. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, you're, you're mine and you be this way or, you know, it's sort of, and some, so there's just something I noticed that you allow them to be, and then you guys have a mutual, some, some, some deeper, profound understandings. And 
And then there's other leadership uh, qualities that, that go in there to keep things moving that, right. you know, so and not, and, and yeah, like, and Alex also like, for example, has strengths you don't have and I don't have that uh, really add so much to the team. And then, and then he, 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 he learned from you and now he's better and you're better from learning from him and right. we're all better from learning from each other. And, 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 and that's uh, a, a condition you created for everybody. Right. You know, that you've allowed to be and, and house for all of us to grow in new ways. So, and, and to make deeper connections and to remain friends. And, uh, and yeah, for, and, and for and everyone to going. get laid along the way. And we got, all got laid, found love, uh, wealth, uh, uh, gr- friends. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, is this is what I was saying. We're not like, not one of us uh, in the world is, and especially not us, are not fixed creatures. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly growing. We're constantly becoming more. We're constantly, uh, we're on an endless adventure. We really are. We are that, 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 and so, really like some mystical character that's on an endless adventure. If someone said you could go on an endless adventure, nothing was going to stop you, would you? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, we kept we going. Must. We right? must. Yes. I can't understand yes. any person that would say, oh, no, I'll stay in this town. And, but if that's what you, th- that would be way easier if that was what you really wanted, but that's not what we wanted. Yeah. All right. No. So the, the, the fact of it is that, yes, I have constructed this at, um, initially, you know, by luck, by hook, by crook, by figuring it out, by experimentation, but fairly soon by design. And even though it's looking, some of the elements look chaotic, all of the networks that I've made, the friendships that I've made with people, even the way, you know, you and I met and hung out initially, like all these, they weren't part of my master plan, but they're all parts of me understanding that I wanted to have great people in my life. I wanted to have sexy women. I wanted to have opportunities. I didn't want to have to do all the shit that I'm not very good at and don't enjoy. And I would like someone who is good at that and enjoys it to come and hang out with me. You know, that especially like these some of our, our laziness principles of like delegating shit. We don't win. I don't ever want to learn this thing. So I'll get someone else to do it. Or even like introvert extrovert, me and Liam worked great as a duo for a long time with him being very extroverted and me being introverted. So I didn't have to be the life of the party guy when we were out at night. He likes doing that. And, and I would offset his quirkiness and he would offset my grumpiness and then I would be the cool guy in the corner and I would play my part and he would play his part and everybody wins without me needing to do all of it, you know? And so we, right. we've used that principle, whether it was with girls or with business, or with travel, or with opportunities or whatever it was, to multiply our effects. And that's what I've put together in the Lifestyle Design Academy is showing you how to actually find these right people, how to actually create relationships with them because you don't just get a relationship with a guy like you or me or some other important, like pivotal person that you might meet in your life you might meet them at a at a networking thing or at a show or at a something but so what they meet you you shake your hand and you met david you almost met david bowie once but he didn't he doesn't know about you right well that's beautiful yeah that's in one of a story that's true we walked past each other two months before he died and at midnight uh in soho and uh it was just me and him and a million miles of no one looked me right in the eye looked me right in the eye and I was like, that's David Bowie. And he looked me deeper in the eye. And he's like, and the look was, is don't fucking say a word to me. <laughs> and I said, I, I, I flashed a peace sign and I kept walking. <laughs> and that was it. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. a man who's like, at that point in his life, two months out from dying of cancer, doesn't want to meet another yeah. fan. But thank, but he gets yeah. it. And he's just like, I know, yeah. I know I'm Bowie. 
I am Bowie. Yeah, I'm yeah, still I Bowie. This yes. is the last two months of Bowie. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to enjoy being yeah. Bowie without you. And he Major looked handsome Tom. as hell. Huh? Yeah. He looked great. He uh, looked amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, awesome. you, wouldn't know, you wouldn't have known he was dying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a man who lived a life, huh? Fucking hell. Yeah. There's a guy who lived his life and died at 69. Sixty-nine. Interesting. I reckon if I get sixty-nine, I'll, like if I get that far, I'll be like, "All right, fair enough. That was I got plenty in that sixty-nine." So yeah. Um, all right. So what we're going to do because we forgot to do it is answer a couple of questions. We're going to try and keep them short because you and I are not. We'll just rant all night. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. You, you've got it in front of you. Right? Okay. Yeah. Let me okay. pull. Mm-hmm. Let me pull, mm-hmm. pull it up. So there's one like any snippet from the Madonna whore saga that John mentioned when he was with his previous girlfriend, which involved a priest and a pimp, which sounds like a great oh. story. But I don't know if you want to say that for another time or whether there is a little anecdote about that or whether we can just move on oh. from that or whatever. Oh you want. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think okay. there's an okay. I'm gonna come back so I can see your mm-hmm. face. Let's have a look what else. Uh, where Where are you? Okay. There you are. So beautiful. Yeah. The the anecdote from that. Well, first of all, yeah, I was. It was goes back to our stories earlier about building character. Talk about building character, and I really went into a phase where I was uh, a method actor at the time, really into it, and I wanted to experience the pain. So I let her uh, bring me pain. <laughs> I would never not recommend it. I was dumb as fuck, uh, <laughs> but I let her bring it, and uh, and and I learned a lot, and I had some of the most dynamic, amazing sex of my life with that woman. That's just a fact. I mean, it, it mess. It was really powerful. It was so heated, and. Uh, <laughs> And even just talking about it, I'm ready to, you know, oh and I was just a kid. I was just a kid. But the, uh, the story itself, you know what? Even though it wasn't like pure happiness and bliss, talk about feeling like you're living like in, in like something interesting every second of your life. I definitely felt that way the whole time I was with her. And the reality is, is I, 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 you know, I got to live. I lived what it feels like all, every human emotion. You know, I felt them all in that, in that experience. And I'm glad for that. Uh, I don't want to experience them again in that way, but I'm glad that I, that I was that human. So there's, there's that. And, And so, and the other thing is, is that from this, all, a bunch of dreams died in there, a bunch of, uh, Things I had to let go of, and from that I became, you know, more alive. So going through those pains and coming out on the other side, and honestly, guys, I thought I would never come out of that. And if you're going through a breakup or something, it was so devastating to me at that time. Now I can look back; it looks like a joke, uh, but it was so devastating to my little brain and to my world. Was so shattered. I just didn't know how I would come out of that. And and not only did I, and and not only did I come out of it, I came out of it. So, uh, a billion trillion times better and so and the, the one thing i did right is is i just moved and i cut her off and i moved on with my life at one point i got to that point and that so that's just something to think about at one point you got to just pull the band-aid off and go right see because the thing is you could you could do that what you just described and fuck that up totally by having it having had a kid with her yes right? oh my god right? that would have been a nightmare exactly oh. like like cool yeah. you spent a year or two years with this crazy chick and you had this wild thing and you ripped each other's hearts out and, and you never thought you'd survive but you got that sh- oh no and we got fucking Leroy as well now ten years later I'm paying alimony yes. and now we fucking hate each other we hate each other yeah. we fucking oh my bo- god we're so, we hate each other so much it's boring you know that's where you don't want to be shit and that's like that's no, oh. 
I'd be dead, or she'd be dead. <laughs> Somebody be dead. I've been in prison a long time ago because that. I mean, she's straight up crazy, you know. So like, it wasn't just like she's crazy, crazy. She was crazy. crazy. Yeah, she was yeah. like, who is she? You know? like, so I don't. Yeah, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. I thank the Lord. So that's that's something I always yeah. say to guys: don't have kids in your twenties, probably not in your thirties. But I'm just serious. Like, you can have, you can cycle through a bit of drama that that would be that if you throw kids and buying a house together in it would just fuck your life up. Or you could just have that thing where you were fiercely in love with someone. You had the three years together and then you were like, I got to move to Cincinnati. This is not for me. And then, and you just leave and you, and you're sad and you hate each other or you love each other or whatever it is. And then you restart your life and you do get the chance to do that multiple times. I think kids really slow it down as, which is why I think children should be a very conscious decision for a man, not a like, ah, I guess it should be really like, because you got to, I guess you got to think about like, if you have children at 35, you only had 35 years of being single or being or being not with the kid, right? If you did it at 21, you only got like, what, from 18, you only got six years to kind of do anything for yourself. You know, mm. maybe some people will say we've done it in too much of an extreme or whatever, but we're, you know, we're in our 40 plus. It's like, I still have, I've had all those years to do all the things that I wanted to do and without having to, to really embroil someone else in this huge responsibility and right now even though i was in a relationship now i'm actually i'm you know even though if i have emotions about that i'm free like i'm extremely free in the sense of internal freedom and men so often just give that away or it's just or they just kind of don't notice that it slipped away or they trade it for something that's not that good and it's like in this time of isolation i think actually learning to have this internal autonomy to not to be able to be bored with yourself, to be able to sit with yourself and just cry if you need to, or to feel frustrated, but to move through that, to be able to find internal resources and, or to be able to reach out and seek for help when other times you might've, that, that neediness might've manifested in you attaching to the next average woman and then screwing your life up and hers probably as well, right? Like, you know, bad relationships come out of people who are fractured and not right for each other, then trying to resolve their own problems with somebody else's problems you know that's that's what creates a bad relationship and i've done that a lot in my life oh, yeah. when i was younger and that's the thing i mean because we have had you know we uh had real relationships deep relationships and yeah and tears and pain and i mean serious suffering it's not all and it certainly wasn't funny then no, and, no. and 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 it's important for guys to know that or girls to know that whoever listens to know yeah that like that that and that you uh, transcended out of that and have something really profound to share but uh gee i lost my train of thought on that one. well let me let me jump in and go scope because this is good another guy's asked what are some ways to heal or get some closure after a long relationship does healing involve telling that person how you feel and we are looking at this We, we just kind of stumbled on this topic which is you know, like that relationships are, are a thing that you, the two people build together and, and the relationship is like a third thing that exists for as long as you two maintain it. Right. And it's not something that must be saved at all costs. It's not something that you should die for. It's something that, you know, when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. And you should be able to break up and move on. And that is an important skill just as much as getting into a relationship is. So is getting out of a relationship more or less at the right time. And of course, you fuck it up. You stay in six months too long. Okay, that's all right. I'm not saying in six years too long is not okay. Uh, you know, all right, you fought, had a fight at the end. You both called each other something you shouldn't. You fucking, you bat. You know, okay, you shouldn't have done that, but all right, whatever. That's the sort of thing we can forgive each other for. Maybe someone slapped someone in the face once. Maybe 
But you know, <laughs> you know, there was no. Someone hit each other with a car. So what? <laughs> so what? No so someone stepped it's in front now. of a fridge. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, what am I? You yeah. know, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> no, okay. So it's the yeah. sort of thing where even, I, was, I was the one who got hit by the car. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Thing. You know what? Yeah, it yeah, feels like yeah. getting hit by a fridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe there's you know you, you're nasty to each other, but you can get over it. You can be buddies again. You move on with your life, and you look back on that fondly. Like I, know, I was thinking about that. Three out of four of my main girlfriends that I ever had, I'm I'm in contact with them, and we and we still love each other in some way, and we look back on that as a good time. And we also know some nasty shit about each other because we both were like psychos at some point in various ways, and and we know each other on a level where I'm like. You know that I'm a savage and, and I'm also a good person and you were there with me at that time when I was 21 and you were 20, we were together and we lived that life together and, I'm, and I remember that, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I spent that with you. And that's, and my first yeah. girlfriend actually said that to me, even though she was a fucking nut job, hot as fuck, redhead, psycho, like sidekicked me in the head at a party, like crazy chick, but I love her to this day. And she said that like later on, many years later, she's like, I'm glad I grew up with you. You know, it's like, I'm glad I had that love as when, she, when I was 18, she was 17, we were together four years. We, we were kids in love together and that was fucking awesome, right? So it's like, and then we were assholes to each other for a while. So there is an art form to like moving into things, being with someone or, or in a business or in a, whatever it is with people for the right amount of time. And then when you start seeing, yeah, you're going to fucking hurt each other or you need to change the relationship or you need to leave it then you can leave it and it was still an awesome thing to do. It wasn't a wasted life. Whereas if you waited another five years, the whole thing was wasted. Yeah, and, and just going on that, like things that we know and that we've learned and that we share and we teach, two things. One is, is we have spent a career uh, teaching the skills of engagement and really, and I have been very good at that for a very long time. But it oh, took me yes, a lot he to learn. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and uh but also but what's like one of the hard much harder thing to do is the skill to disengage and that was something that's where the pain comes and that's another kind of pain and that is something i've had to learn how to do uh and uh quite a lot actually and uh (laughs) unfortunately uh obviously sometimes it was very you know only a few times where it was devastating but you know it's like there's a lot to learn from that, from that going through that pain and coming out on the other side of it and going through it. And to, to disengage, you know, and a lot of times when you're going through a breakup, there's all kinds of horrible emotions. Sometimes it's even vengeance or getting someone back or, or proving them or, uh, or you, you know, see very ugly sides or, of yourself, of course, right? Yeah. So it's learning to, how to artfully let go or how to, how to gracefully is a word you've used uh, during this conversation, how to gracefully let go, how to elegantly let go. And, and also because in the end, and I can say this, like, for example, one of my best friends in the world is my ex-girlfriend who, you know, uh, Edith, we can say her yeah. name because we're just best oh, friends. Oh, we're finally out now. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we've known each other since 2000, uh, just really before you and I met, just right around that time. So that's nine years or something, right? Yeah. So we've known each other since then. And um, we have gone through every possible human thing that two people can go through each other, from being madly in love to her breaking up. And, and to be honest, a lot of it was perpetuated by her, breaking up with me, me trying to get her back, and then, and then we would be back together and we break up. But we've gone through so much, 
and some of it was ugly and most of it and but but really we managed underneath it all to to see each other that we're good loving human beings who are on this life's and life's journey and life's drama and and we're playing it out right in front of each other and uh we managed and we managed to keep a great relationship but there was time periods in there to answer the question one of the questions in there was is that do you need to tell someone goodbye? Do you need to do that to have closure? The answer is, is if it makes you feel better, tell them goodbye. But here's what, and, 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 and also if it's the right thing to do, say goodbye. But at the, at the, end, of the end of the day, you cannot get closure from anyone else. You have to find it within yourself. Some women, and many women, I won't give you closure. They they can't give you closure. They're, you know, it's nice. Some women will try. They're doing the best they can with whatever they're with whatever they have to deal with with their childhood and their upbringing and their skills of disengagement. Like you know, and uh, but closure is something you have to find within yourself. And some people never never give it to you. They don't even try to give it to you. They don't care that that you didn't get it. They want you to suffer uh, because of again their own issues. Uh, or because of how they probably feel wronged by you, and um, but the point is, and even though you may not have seemingly done anything wrong, they just feel so disappointed by you that you did them wrong. You know, there's just so many ways of that. So uh, no, you can't expect to get closure from anyone, and 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 it's nice if you can be nice about it to somebody, and it's nice if someone can be nice to you about it. But that really, you have to go and and heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like if the person is open to hearing what you what you need to vent, and that that can be a really good thing for you uh, and for both of you. And and I think when you can say goodbye, it doesn't always, that doesn't always have to mean we will never see each other again. But it can mean we're saying goodbye to the fact that we are lovers, or that we were in love, or we were together. Mm. You know, it's like this part that that thing that we made together that was special and is now now it's that's over. That's what I'm saying goodbye to. And then often you do need to have a break from that point. You know, I've had that a bunch of times where I couldn't really talk to the person for six months, maybe, maybe longer. <clears throat> maybe, maybe it was both of us were fairly okay and it was a shorter time. Maybe one of us was not okay ever. Uh, that only happened once or twice. I think a body language expert would have just, because as I said, once or twice, I just kind of touched my nose. And that's the sort of thing someone would say. Hey, you can see, as James Marshall said, once or twice, he flicked, which means he was lying at that point. And we're like, once or twice, more like 50, 100 and something. Or twice. I don't know. 40 lifetimes. Yeah. 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 Flick, flick, oh, there he goes again. Oh, oh shit. Now I don't know what I'm doing. Um, what was I even talking about? Fucking. Uh, we're talking about, um, you know, uh, if you can. Uh, you know, something really interesting that you were saying or profound really, it's just is like when you break up with someone. And oh, you're, you're not saying goodbye for it. Relationship. Yeah. yeah. Like with Edith, uh, with my ex there, who's my friend and not my girlfriend or even my ex-girlfriend. She's my friend now. We have a new relationship. Right. That what you're saying is, is goodbye to that whatever you are, you were. Maybe you'll be something else in the future. Maybe you'll be acquaintances. Maybe you'll be best friends. Maybe you'll be two strangers on the street. Oh, maybe you'll never talk again. But you're saying goodbye to this aspect of our relationship. Right. And maybe you'll be in love and ha- get married. I, that's possible. Sure. But whatever this was, which was probably there's some reason in its ending, maybe you both need to grow and mature or whatever, this is over. We're saying goodbye to that. Yeah. So that's, 
That's what you were saying. And you have to be able to walk away from that explosion then. Like you need, like that, that's because plenty of people say that and then they, I mean, I've done that before and then gotten back together with a girl for some time and so on, which, okay, that's another skill you'll learn and, and fuck it up a few times. But you do have to <laughs> yeah. have, you do actually have to have that skill as a, as a man or a human really to be able to cut something finally and realize that the net benefit is not good enough. Or I'm not, you know, either one or both of us is toxic to this or the combination of us is maybe we're both great people, but together we just fucking, this doesn't work. And to be able to move on, to know that you can then reinvent yourself and, and rebuild your lifestyle many times in, a, in the course of a human life. We've, we, you and I, you know, we're whatever we halfway-ish through our lives or so, we've already lived many lives. Many different experiences of being rich, of poor, of being a traveler, of being a vagabond, of being an artist, of being a capitalist, of being a, you know, an activist, of being a creator, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. And we, and we tried all sorts of other stuff we weren't very good at, you know, numbers and getting up in the morning and (laughs) (laughs) all sorts of other things and gotten something out of that. And that's what I'm really fucking talking about in lifestyle design. It's not about, okay, let's go to the gym better and have a new hobby. I'm like, no, juice the fucking life, juice it whilst not destroying the planet as much, hopefully do good things, Mm. but at the same time, juice the fuck out of life so you can enjoy it and get a bunch of a crew of interesting X-Men people that you love to be around in involved in it so that's coming out in the middle of May I think that's too much for these people to handle they can't handle any more of you and I ranting at them well wait isn't there another question or two oh really you want to do more alright okay cool yeah I mean mean, if that's too much then we should stop but I'm happy alright what do you got I want to I honestly want to I'm hoping that I get a discount on this new course Oh, which oh oh, you're, oh now you're doing that thing again. Nice, nice. Well, it's funny you should mention that. You know, actually, the Lifestyle Design Academy has a discount code, the coupon that you can put in, which is Keegan nine nine nine. Of which, of course, there Keegan gets a juicy ten percent commission yeah, anytime yeah. anyone uses the coupon code Keegan nine nine nine. and I if ten if ten of you use that code, I get a free. I get the course for free. Even yeah. that's right, John. You too will get a free course. <laughs> yeah. You will get to join. Yeah. But you'll have to work while you're there, of course. But. Yeah, right, of course. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Well, any of these questions strike your fancy while I go and get a yeah, glass me, of water? Yeah, um, yeah right, get a glass of water. Let okay. me see. All right. But, but before we answer that question, something I just wanted to bring back to. We were talking earlier about dreams and how we went on a dream. Because we've talked a lot. A big theme of this uh, entire conversation we've had is, is like following your bliss, following your joy, uh, squeezing out of life. And like you can have a dream, you know, like my dream of being an actor was to be self-expressed and to get to travel the world and get to influence people and get to, to, to experience life and joy and, and, and create. And it didn't happen in that way, but it happened some other ways. Mm-hmm. So it's not a failure. It was an evolution on my path. And because I had developed all these skills through uh, learning not just acting, but the, the, the life I had to live to be an actor, it helped me develop these other skills. And then I kept learning new skills. And the skills I've learned from doing what I do now is helping me do next things. It's an evolution. So when, a lot of times people have said to me, oh, do you still want to be an actor? Oh, I'm sorry that didn't happen. It's like, no, it's an evolution. It's not, I'm sorry. And that's just a, a, a black and white way to look at things. And I think it's an important note is is that if you've already lived something like that it's not a failure this is you living your life and learning and growing and just and it's a discovery on your way to or as you are living your life on your way to something even greater so that's the way i see it 
That's right. And that's why I was saying, yeah, you got to make your mistakes interesting and your work joyful. It's like a wasted yeah. life is where yeah. all the hard shit is really not fun and never, and just sucks. And then the work itself sucks as well. <laughs> yeah. Make um, your life interest, make your life interesting and your work joyful. Is that what no, you make your mistakes interesting and your work joyful? Yeah, it's so beautiful. That's a great quote. I hope well, that's I'm working. I'm working on it. That might not be the final version of that quote, so don't carve that one. On my that's got to be. That's an Instagram. Oh, that could be uh, Instagram. Yeah, that is. That is a. Yeah, yeah. That's at least you did that. Did oh, yeah, you that's know. at least worse than Instagram posting. A hundred people like, like, wow, we live in a society. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's All right. Well, you know, wow, actually, so weirdly, question. weirdly, we um we have covered a bunch of these questions. So we did the Madonna horse right. snippet from your story. Mm-hmm. We did uh, healing and closing in relationships. Uh, skill development uh, that sounds boring this one's cool what would Casanova have done in this situation it's like what would what do you think Wacomo how do you pronounce this Gokomo Casanova would do Gokomo if, if he was stuck Giacomo in, Giacomo Casanova Giacomo Giacomo yeah. what would Giacomo Casanova yeah, would yeah. do if he was stuck in quarantine right now in 2020 what would he be doing in this situation Ah, what I think right away what pops in my mind is he would be hatching a plan mm-hmm. to to steal the virgin mm-hmm. in the uh, four stories up that's living alone with her uh, disabled father and she can't go out. It can't be disabled. And, uh, I'd, I'd say it's going to be day- <laughs> more dangerous than that. It's got to yeah, be like, right, uh, like, uh, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. ultra Christian right wing nut gun gun carrying something like yeah, someone dangerous. Yeah, someone dangerous, but why would he want to... Oh, he doesn't even care about getting the virus. He's going to go get... No, we don't want to promote that. No. She is She is pristine, though. Right. She herself he is like a safe. jewel that she is safe, but she's behind She's behind a, a Confederate flag and a rifle, and he's, <laughs> and he's, try, and he's trying to get in there, right? Yeah. Now it just sounds yeah. like Spider-Man, the video game, basically. Yeah. Well, right. basically, what he, basically, he would do it. He would what, find a way. He'd find a way to get laid. He'd just be sneaking around yeah. like the milkman of yore, which is what I think you should be doing in that hotel, <laughs> Keegan. Because, you know, what yeah. means pristine and pure these days is a girl that's been locked in a box for four weeks. And I know there's yes, plenty of them around true. you. Well, but you know, always stay safe six feet apart, of course. And for you, that shouldn't yes. be too hard. Bam, 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 bam. All right. The final question for this evening is with civilization showing its ugly side now, how much more of our pre coronal lives are sustainable? What solution might there be for the human species? And are you optimistic we'll be able to get our act together? Thank you. I've learned so much from you. I consider you to be one of my mentors. I'm 40 from New York shit. Be well. I like how that question is impossible for us to it's like so do you guys think we'll survive as a human species and what we should do to save the species and i'm like well you might you don't want to know my personal views on this because i personally think we're fucked and we're going to settle into the oily sea whilst murdering each other not just yet but fairly soon not 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 probably maybe not in our lifetime fairly soon however i think in the meantime we should be well good do good to each other love thy neighbor live in presence and joy Get laid, have a good time before the whole shit house goes up in flames. All right, all right, all right. Well, all right, here, here is another way to look at it, though. Right. I'll give another. What if we're in um, as a, as a person, just like as you and I, and uh, we're uh, you know evolving into higher levels of awareness, as you often talk about awareness or consciousness. And as a species, as as a as a human, you know, for the first time, 
we're all tuned in on the same exact thing. Like, if, I, you wonder almost how much if there was no internet and that we didn't have cable, uh, we still were playing with antennas, and uh, how much of this would actually be happening? You know, I think a lot of it is a result of we're so fucking connected that now we're all of us, whether we're in India or in Miami or there. Like, it's a bit weird, you know. It is weird. So, so some of it's a bit because. You know, we're because we're so connected, but maybe at this, but at the same time, the positive of that is that uh, perhaps we could all evolve together, and I think that uh, hopefully we will, especially. You know, and there is that fight like who's asleep, who's awake, who's what. But oh, evolution, we're, we're quite, we're, today. no, but but we're becoming more aware, perhaps, as people, and maybe we can become more aware in the right way. That's that's just a, a mm. possibility. What I would say with that is, I would say that there's never been a time in history where more people were free. There's also never been a time in history where more people were slaves. Or like, and I don't necessarily mean chained to something slaves. I mean. Let's. I could. You could say all of North Korea is living in a slave kind of place. All of China lives right. in an autocratic uh, surveillance state. You know, most of Western Europe and and America and Australia and lots of parts of Asia and all sorts of other South America, you're mostly free. And in other and some parts of it, you're extraordinarily free, right? So there's there's more like freedom being experienced by humans than there was, and except back in let's say probably like pre-industrial societies. So, you know, there's a lot of, so, and there's a lot of people waking up and I'm not going to get into what that means right now, what woke is or what someone who's actually, yeah, yeah. who's thinking, man, who realizes that we live in a society, man, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not talking yeah. about what, yeah, what that yeah. means, right. but I'm saying there's more yeah. people critically thinking and, and researching than has ever happened. And there's also more people getting into ignorant fucking uh, ideologies than there ever was like that's what's this kind of weird singularity point we're reaching with the planet that there's that all things that ever existed are happening at the same time and they're overlapping and mutating and eating each other and then you know battling it out and ignoring it and doing cold wars with each other and then creating hybrids and you know all that shit's happening and the whole what what we've been trying to do since the beginning of our careers is go hey guys that's happening and you either you, you have choice to like choose what, what level you play what character you play what outcomes you get to some degree you know or you get to choose to be asleep and asleep means just not making decisions asleep means not critical thinking asleep means just taking what's handed to you asleep means oh well your dad wants you to do it so you do it you know it's all those things where you just go oh, i'll just let someone the woman my father the government the tv the f facebook the distractions whatever it is just take the decision for you where it's like things saying hey I've got to see your attention. It's like, okay, have my attention or have my money or have my health or have my thoughts, you know? And then you become, that's where you choose to, to volunteer layers of slavery because it's comfortable and lazy and easy. And, and then you stay there. That's, we teach people to do the opposite. That is such an amazing rant you just went on. And it just triggered in me, elicited in me, you know, yeah, we have a choice, the choice we have, and this has been what's, you know, here in this last month or two months, whatever, we've been inundated with so much information, every conspiracy theory, so-called, whatever you want to call it, every, uh, whatever, somebody else's thoughts on the matter and this and that, including the so-called experts, including your, uh, all your friends got their own. And at one point, it's like, it reminds me of that uh, Shakespeare quote, quote, life is a tale told by an idiot, uh, full of sound and fury and signifying nothing. And it was all this noise. 
And I, at times, and you and everyone else probably listening, was listening, oh my God, and this and that and this, and my friend just said it's the 5G and it's the Bill Gates and it's the this and it's that and it's the, and it's, uh, it's going to end in two months and you get it through farts and, you, and it's like, and all, what am I focusing on? And at one point, I mean, it, it's, it, it is like, hey, what I can focus on, and it goes back to the other quote, which is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. What can I change? What can I focus on? What can I focus on? And, and that's what I would ask everyone listening today or watching today. What can I focus on that makes my life better, that makes my friendships better? What little thing can I focus on that makes me feel better right now? Yeah, and they, and they, and they are little things. They're like, take your shoes off in the house, like... I never understood people yeah. who wear like shoes all day. Like I, I'm notorious. Like anywhere I am, I just take my shoes off. Just walk around the house. Get one of those balls with like the spiky things, and then when you're sitting at your computer, roll it and massage your foot. You know, give yourself a massage. Have a bath. Jerk off without stress. Just set yourself some time and enjoy it properly if you're going to do it. You know, eat good food. Get 20 minutes of sunshine. Even if you're in an apartment, go and stick your head out the window for 20 minutes and just listen to some music. Like at the very least, uh, you know, all you talk yeah. to talk to one good friend a day, one person who's positive. And they don't have to be always positive. You and me are not always positive. We will bitch and moan to each other. Yeah. If you, That's you true. both of us have called each other <laughs> yeah. over the years and yeah. said, "Man, I feel shit. I need to." Blah, blah, blah. And the other person says, all right, cool, what do you got? You know, it's not, I don't only talk to positive people positively. You know, it's, I reach out. I'm not always good at reaching out when I should maybe. But, you know, when people reach out to me, I try to help or try to listen. And that's, you know, you start stacking little bits of those every day. Even if you are locked in a not great situation, you are going to feel better. Yes. And that, and, uh, you just said it so good. I mean, well, let's that, wrap it that's up. Really We've it. been ra- yeah. Alex has, Alex just sat here for how long? Many hours? I mean, we've set up. Yeah, know? including the whole thing. Three and a half. Three and a half hour shift. He just did. Well, he's riveted. He was riveted, but he, riveted. Only, he only got to, he only got to hear me because he's not listening to you. Yeah. Really. So he just enough. he's in a room with me, yeah. just going blah 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 blah. And then doing that for hours, he's like, this is, what am I doing with my life? I'm like, well, if you don't like it, go back to your own villa down the road. All right. Well, fucking, that's been good fun. Good to chat, chat and hang out yeah, and virtually in our Zoom rooms. We will definitely hang out very soon. I know we will because yeah, for sure, we'll find a way. We'll find a way and I believe the world will open up for us. Oh, it will. It will I open up so. and, for, so. and for people who are strategic about it, uh, the world will still be a great place. Okay, yeah. gentlemen. Oh, if people want right. to find, hang on, hang on. If they want to find you, John Keegan, I mean, they oh. can go to the Mandarin Hotel, room six oh three, room four one twelve, four oh one twelve. Send him a pizza or send him a, a friend, and then you know. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. if they want to, what a you know, obviously, you and I are not doing dating coaching on the streets like we used to do right now. No, uh, we're not doing that's that. Not doing that. But yeah. what else can anyone do with you, and how can they contact you between now and the time they can roll the streets of NYC? see with you yeah hop on uh instagram john keegan lifestyle yep. right at john keegan lifestyle a uh, youtube john keegan just look up john keegan dating i'll pop up and then my website theawakenedlifestyle.com stuff i'm going to be working on you know what i've been doing is resetting refreshing and i want to be doing uh some zoom webinars things like that i'll put some information about that i don't know what i'll talk about but i think it'll be interesting so uh just you know stay in touch with me and uh 
you'll see what pops up. Awesome. We'll have those links on the screen. As always, click the link in bio, press yeah. that bell if you like it, and yeah. subscribe and all that kind of shit. All right. Well, we're going to check out. This is James Marshall and... John Keegan. Saying fucking we love you. I hope you guys are staying safe. Yeah, you're all staying safe. I hope you're actually yeah. taking some time for yourself to look inside, figure out where you can direct this passion that isn't outside. How you can heal, create, produce something that's good for you, good for others. And if not, just fucking chill and wait it out. It'll be cool. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The The Natural Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.